Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Don Salvucci Favier, who is VP Product Management at 3G, 3G TMS. And today we're going to talk about creating value through flexible pricing programs. Now, um, you know, when you think about logistics service providers and you know, the different ways that they can differentiate themselves and create value, uh, you know, customer billing and pricing is, is probably not, you know, top of mind. But, you know, if you start diving into the topic, uh, you, you realize that when you, you know, take smarter and more efficient approaches to customer billing and, and pricing, you, you can indeed create value, not only for the LSP, but for their customers as well. Um, you know, how so? And, you know, how do you go about doing it? Well, that's going to be the focus of our, our conversation uh, here today. And it's great to have Don on the program, who is, uh, you know, has a wealth of experience in this area and is on the front lines of not only on the, on the TMS front, but obviously working with, you know, shippers and, and 3PLs and logistics service providers, um, you know, for, for many, many years. So, uh, Don, welcome to the program. Great. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Great, great. Well, Don, as I always do, whenever we bring someone new to the program, uh, you know, before we dive into the topic, I always like to learn a little bit about you know, the, my, my guests and, and kind of their background and how and why they got involved with supply chain logistics to begin with. So why don't we start there? Why, why don't you briefly tell us a little bit about your career path, uh, how and why you got involved with supply chain logistics and what your current role and responsibilities are there at, at 3G TMS? Sure. Happy to do so. Thanks. Um, so I actually stumbled into supply chain and logistics quite by accident, honestly. Um, I had been involved in transportation on either the operations or technology side for about 26 years now. It feels like just yesterday, but um, you know, the happy accident happened. I was working for uh, a major retailer in your area, up in the Boston area, um, in more of an administrative function. And I had the opportunity to work with their inbound transportation team. And I just really found that Transportation was something that just made sense to me, and um, I was actually quite good at it. So I, I spent a good amount of time working in their inbound operations team, left there and went to uh, another retailer also in the Boston area. And also at both of those companies, I had the opportunity to get involved in TMS implementation. So as a shipper, um, being on the super user side or on the implementation team from, from the customer side, and I found that, you know, not only did I really like transportation a lot, but the technology side of, of transportation was, was really cool for me. So um, I spent some time, you know, working at, at the retailer, supporting the TMS, and then had the opportunity to move into the software side. Um, I started 17 years ago in, in technology with a company called Manulogistics and stayed with them for 10 years through their acquisition by JDA. Um, in a product management and product strategy role for their TMS solutions. Um, since then, I worked at a couple other TMS providers between uh, 2010 and 2013, but I've been here at 3G TMS for almost five years now. Um, I was one of the first employees, I think somewhere in the low single digits, number three, number five. Um, and my role here has always been to lead our product management team. And our product management team is really responsible for working with our customers and with the market space to really ensure that 3G TMS lives up to our name of being the you know, next generation of transportation management solutions. Great, great, great background. I think, um, you know, many of our guests on the program kind of stumble into supply chain logistics Absolutely. as well. So I think that's a, that's a common, common thread, but it, but it sounds like, um, 
uh, you, you not only stumbled into it, but you, you thrived uh, at it, not only on the shipper side, but obviously I think you and I have known each other for, for many, many years through, Absolutely. you know, various, uh, you know, uh, journey, through part of your journey there, different uh, TMS roles. And uh, gosh, I can't believe it's already been five years there at, the, at 3G. I but, know. And but, neither of us are getting any older, Adrian. That's right. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, we both started in the industry when we were five. We just that's knew right. it at such an early age. That's right. Well, great. Um, so, so let's let's talk now about the, you know the topic, and let's start with a with kind of a basic question. I mean, wh- why is you know pricing and billing so complex for for logistics service providers? I mean, what 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 challenges does does it create? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I, you know, I think essentially every customer wants something different, right? So that's a, a very large challenge for the LSP. So some customers, you know, from how they're built, not just pricing, but how are they built? Some customers want to be billed at the order level. Some customers want to be billed at the consolidated shipment level, while others at the load level, right? So that's just one challenge. But then even when you get into pricing, um, you know, maybe some customers want to impose the carrier or the mode choices that they're going to be billed based on, while others will lead it wide, wide open. Um, you know, maybe the customer expects to be billed based on a certain imposed carrier or mode option, but they allow the 3PL to do whatever they want on the buy side. Um, so that's kind of on the, the method or the level at which they're billed. But when it comes to pricing, um, you know, it's still the same. Every customer wants the best possible rate, yet not every customer is able to give the LSP the data they need up front to really put together a compelling pricing program for all of their needs. So sure, maybe they can give great data on their highest volume lanes or their most important customers, but you know the data that's available about those more infrequent or unpredictable lanes usually really isn't there for the 3PL to really be able to put together a, a comprehensive pricing program that covers all of the business. You know, um, Maybe uh, the 3PL has negotiated both buy and sell rates that are specific for, let's say, the tier one carriers for a given customer while you know other non-tier one carriers or lanes are going to be built based based on more of a blanket or a generic markup uh you know and while all customers probably want the best possible billing rate not all customers are um, willing to do what it takes to get that what i mean by that is you know one way that they can ensure that they're getting the best possible billing rate is by allowing their lsps to consolidate their freight um, with other customers or even within their own freight but yet a lot of companies still today, all these years later, are, are just unwilling or hesitant to, to allow that. And it's really hard for a 3PL to build a case to incentivize them to do that. So, um, you know, I found in, in all of these cases, one of the biggest limiters of, of a 3PL is putting together these, these uh, strategies it is the technology that they have available to them to do that. So most commercial TMSs, that are designed for use by a 3PL can certainly, you know, handle billing contracts or cost plus markups, but, you know, the devil's in the details. And when you get down into those details, there's really not a ton of robustness or flexibility that's built into a lot of those sell side rating capabilities specifically. Um, You know, even if those pricing agreement structures have robustness to them, uh, the setup and the maintenance of those pricing programs is just a nightmare, right? Um, and requires a lot of overhead to maintain, um, which means longer onboarding times to bring a new customer on board if you have these really kind of customized pricing programs, right? It's just that much longer to onboard a customer. And, and just kind of last point on that, 
not many TMSs are really designed with the separation between the buy and the sell side transaction, uh, transactions that really offers flexibility for the 3PL to maximize the value they get out of the technology for themselves um, through you know, savings on the cost side while still offering a compelling pricing program to the customer. Um, you know, historically, the companies that have been able to overcome those limitations have uh, either made huge investments in custom in-house developed applications or large investments in people who can really walk through, walk through the, the pricing and the billing process. And both are very expensive propositions, which might work if you're a huge 3PL, very large company, but it makes it much more difficult for the smaller 3PLs to be competitive um, in a market like this. Yeah, no, a lot of, I think, you know, when you look at everything you talked about, you kind of just realize how, how complex this, this whole area is. And I mean, you talked about, you know, some, some opportunities there, even from a shipper's perspective, right, in terms of being able to consolidate loads across, you know, shippers to kind of get some optimization savings there. But even from that standpoint, if you've got customer A that, that is, uh, you know, they want to be billed or their pricing structure is different than customer B, I, I would think that from a 3PL standpoint, you know, if they were to optimize and co-load, you know, shipments from two different shippers and trying to figure out how to allocate the cost back or figure that out, I, because they may have different structures, create some complexity there, right? It, it absolutely does. Absolutely does. And, and you really need to have, you know, technology that's going to support that. And again, not many of the traditional uh, TMSs are really designed to support that complexity. Right, right. I mean, I know, as you know, I've been covering the, the TMS market now for, for over 18 years. And, you know, back in the early days, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, you know, a lot of, this, a lot of the TMSs were created for the shipper market, right? So, you know, if you were a shipper, I mean, probably the most complexity you had was that you might have to deal with different business units, but certainly not to the same kind of uh, diversity that a 3PL faces in terms of you know, having to manage, you know, different customer arrangements, you know, where they can have tens, if not hundreds of, of different customers and, and, and contracts and rate structures and, and so forth. And, and that's where, you, you know, I think when you started seeing, you know, TMS solutions start catering to, to the LSP market, you know, that, that really created some differentiation there because, you know, a, a shipper centric TMS just, just, you know, without particularly the, the billing and, and contract management side, uh, that, that a 3PL needs uh, just, just wouldn't work in, in that kind of environment. Agreed. Um, so, so, so in light of kind of all, all this complexity, I mean, how can LSPs then turn customer building and pricing into, you know, a, a differentiator? I mean, what's, what's required? Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, I honestly feel that leveraging um, your TMS to establish really compelling pricing strategies is one of the most undervalued benefits that can be gained through, through a TMS solution. Um, you know, I know that most companies, when they're thinking about a TMS and the value that it can bring to them company, you know, they're thinking about the typical things. You're thinking about reducing costs through optimization, as you said, which can also then for 3PL maximize their profits. They're thinking about improving productivity through automating manual processes and controlling maverick spend. You know, all the, the typical things, right, that it's on everybody's checklist when they're looking at 3PL. But what most don't think about, as you said, is how they can leverage the TMS to um, use customer billing as a differentiator. And, and really what I mean by that is having the flexibility and the robustness. Again, I mentioned that before in that sell-side rating engine and the way that they build their customers to really support these pricing programs that are beneficial to both the, the 3PL and the customer. Um, just some examples of those programs would be, you know, let's say uh, 
we have tier one carriers or tier one lanes for a given customer that, you know, maybe there's client and carrier specific negotiated rates on both the buy and the sell side for that kind of tier one activity. Um, and then we have, you know, tier two carriers or tier two lanes where, you know, the buy side might move at a 3PL's blanket pricing um, and the sell side is marked up, right? Cost plus markup and maybe that markup varies for depending on who the carrier is. And then yet we have tier three. This is the infrequent lanes, the unpredictable business that, you know, that's going to move on maybe a more generic pricing basis, right? It could be a generic pricing schedule that's either specific to that client or maybe it's a group of clients or maybe it's just more um, blanket pricing. But then you have to think about things like, you know, accessorials. How do I handle accessorials, right? Are they, um, is there a specific schedule of accessorial charges for this customer? Is it only applied when I use this contract? Am I passing through accessorials or am I marking them up? I mean, there's all these things that need to be considered and any combination of, of those could really be the desired. So I think what I'm getting at here, Adrian, is, is the key is the flexibility uh, that your TMS offers around getting to these really flexible pricing programs and whatnot um, with a well-defined hierarchy of when a specific billing rate should be used over another less specific or less qualified option. Um, there's a lot of value in, in uh, there's not a lot of value in having comprehensive pricing programs if a user needs to touch every transaction in order to make it so, right? Um, or, you know, they, they have to manually rate everything, but to take that a step further, um, you know, identifying the opportunities for these types of, of pricing is only part of the battle, right? Once these strategies are identified, how easy is it to set up and, and maintain? How easy is it to change the structure? Um, you know, there's a lot of things to, to consider there. And we at 3G have made it super easy, right, to maintain contracts, to copy contracts, to onboard a new customer and onboard a new pricing strategy. Um, and really to the extent that we've taken potentially taken the, the maintenance of tariff-based rates completely out of the system by leveraging carrier rating APIs, right? So connecting directly to the carriers to get those rates. So several examples there, but I think where 3PL can really start creating value for their customers is doing, you know, again, that multi-client or even single-client load optimization. Um, you know, as I said, we, we frequently hear about customers' unwillingness to allow their LSPs to do that for a couple reasons. Um, you know, one is certainly operational concerns and billing and pricing strategies are, aren't going to solve operational concerns. Those, those will be there. But more relevant to this discussion would be um, that the customer's feeling that there's no real incentive to them to allow their LSP to do that. They see the, the incentive to the LSP to be able to uh, save costs through consolidation, but what's the incentive to them? And that can really be addressed with some more robust rating methods beyond just a billing contract or a cost plus markup that really incentivize the customers to want to allow you as a 3PL to do that, like gain sharing or sharing profit or sharing savings. You know, it's a win for the 3PL because they can minimize cost on the buy side while they can still offer their customers an incentive to allow them to do that through lower billing rates. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you uh, you hit on a lot of great things. There. I mean, I think one of the things you, you talked about, I think it's is, is important, is, is kind of the maintenance piece, right? Because, you know, transportation networks are becoming so dynamic, you know, these days in terms of, you know, bringing in new carriers, bring, you know, with especially now everyone's talking in the industry today about, you know, we're kind of heading into this perfect storm. I, I, once again, you know, you know, tight capacity, rising rates, 
Um, so you can see, you know, the, I, I, certainly a lot of, uh, of dynamic uh, nature to, to this market. So the ability to, um, you know, be able to you know, adjust pricing strategies or as you're onboarding new customers or new carriers, um, you know, becoming, uh, you know, critically, uh, critically important there from a, you know, particularly from a technology standpoint. Uh, you, you mentioned APIs. I mean, I think that's certainly something that I'm seeing a lot more in the industry. It's kind of leveraging, you know, the, these newer web services technologies to help, you know, not only with the maintenance piece, but with the onboarding uh, aspect of, as well. Um, so, so, I mean, I think if you, if you look across kind of the, uh, you know, some of your LSP customers that, that are kind of leading the way in this area, I mean, what, what are some of the, the things that, you know, that they're doing to set themselves apart? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of our customers are certainly taking advantage of, of more customized pricing that is a mix of traditional billing contracts and cost plus markups. I mean, that's still the, the, the majority of companies, but the ones that um, are, are really excelling here are the customers that are um, using more of these, these gain share or shared savings type programs. Um, you know, these are the types of programs where the better job that you do as a 3PL in optimizing freight or negotiating better rates or you know, making just super good spot buys out on the, the spot market, the more value you not only drive for your company, but also for your customers. So let me talk about a couple of those programs that we've seen. Um, you know, gain share is, is a method of cost plus markup. Um, it's, it's a method by which so the 3PL and their customer have negotiated a benchmark rate. So that benchmark could be a historical rate. It could be based off of a specific tariff um, or it could be based off of a specific carrier's buy rate. But at any rate, that is the benchmark at which the 3PL is trying to move the freight. When the 3PL is able to actually move the freight at a rate that is better than the benchmark rate, um, the savings between what the actual buy rate is and the benchmark is becomes gain share savings, essentially. And that gets shared between the 3PL and the customer. Um, so the portion, the percentage of that savings that is retained by the 3PL then becomes your markup amount. So essentially your cost, rather than being marked up by a percentage, is marked up by the savings between the benchmark rate and the actual cost, right? So the customer is still paying less than the benchmark rate. So maybe they've budgeted for the benchmark rate. They're still paying less than that, that benchmark rate because it's cost plus a portion of the benchmark, right? And the LSP is retaining a portion of that savings that they were able to get over that benchmark rate. So that's one example of kind of one of these advanced pricing programs. Um, the other is shared savings or shared profit. That's been around for a while um, as a program offering, though I've typically seen these shared savings programs handled outside so this, of the TMS, right? This would be an example of one of those manual processes that somebody has to touch. Um, you know, where, with shared savings, it allows a 3PL to share a portion of either um, the profit or the savings of, any, of every individual load with the customers who participate in that load. Um, so this would be one of those incentives to allow your for your customers to allow you rather to optimize their freight with other customers, right? So in a shared savings environment or a shared profit environment, the 3PL has a guaranteed percentage of that savings that they get to keep. Um, the remainder, the savings pool, is then distributed among the participants in the load, and that allocation is determined based on each client's contribution to the payload of, of the load, right? And not every client in the load has to participate in the program. You know, there's a lot of, of flexibility around it. But essentially, 
once we've determined you know, how much of the savings of the load is attributable to each of the, the, the clients or participants on the load, we then apply their normal billing rate, whatever it would be, a contract rate, a cost plus markup, whatever that billing rate is, and then we deduct their portion of the savings as a rebate um, against that normal billing rate. So it's again a situation where the 3PL is doing a great job of optimizing, negotiating better rates, they're maximizing the profit or savings on the load, and the customers are benefiting because they are getting a rebate or a discount off of their normal billing rate for allowing the 3PL to do that. Um, with both of these methods, either gain share or shared savings, the system can maintain you know, what the benchmark or undiscounted billing rate would be, um, as well as you know, if it had not been consolidated, um, what the billing rate would be if the freight was not consolidated, as well as the savings associated with the gain share or shared savings. So it's really easy for someone to prove the value of the program to their clients once they have them engaged, or even to do some analysis to show the client, hey, if you let me do this, here's what I could be saving you. So those are a couple examples. I think the last innovative program um, is where we have customers that have established essentially a tiered pricing program with their customers. So, you know, let's say a customer may start with the 3PL at, as an example, a bronze tier. Okay, and a bronze tier is entry-level pricing. We have, you haven't hit any volume um, benchmarks or you haven't hit any longevity as a customer benchmarks or things like that. So we're gonna start out pricing your shipments at a uh, bronze level, and then as your volume builds or you hit other milestones that we've mutually agreed to, you're going to graduate through the tiers. So this week you may be at bronze, next week you may graduate to silver um, and then gold. And, and you can call those tiers whatever you want. I just use the bronze, silver, gold. But essentially, um, it's incentive for the customer to achieve certain business milestones that you've agreed to in your relationship. And in turn, they graduate through a pricing program. Um, that gives them better pricing as they've hit those milestones. Yeah, and a lot of, a lot of great examples there in, in kind of varying levels of, of sophistication. I mean, obviously, um, you know, having a, having a TMS and, and being able to have that data and information to not only one help set up and, and manage and execute on, on some of these programs, but I think the other important piece is, and kind of you brought it up, is sometimes you need to create that buy-in from the, from the shippers to say, you know, here's the value, right? And, and being able to, um, because you have, you know, the, the, the benchmark rates, because you have, um, you know, some operational data in place, uh, you're able to then show, you know, customers, hey, here's what it would have been without, um, uh, you know, by, by going the, the normal route, here's what it is now and the savings, you know, you're able to get that buy-in and get more customers to, you know, to, more shippers to come on board. Exactly. Exactly. So you, you know another another aspect that's getting a lot of talk today. I don't know if it's got you know re relation here with uh, you know pricing and billing, but obviously a lot of buzz these days. You can't go to a conference these days without uh, you know people talking about you know the Amazon effect or you know uh, omni-channel retailing. Obviously LSPs are, are kind of in the thick of things because in many cases they're the ones that are you know in the middle of or responsible for executing on a lot of these uh, a lot of these shipments. Um, you, you know the, does you know, customer billing and pricing have a role to play here? You know, oddly enough, it, it does. Um, you know, it's, it's a, of course it does, right? We're living in a digital world. I mean, Amazon is dominating the marketplace and more and more, you know, consumers like myself are turning towards dot-com or multi-channel. Who wants to go into a store anymore, right? Um, but, you know, 
this essentially introduces a another party into the sell side transaction for 3PL, right? So sure, 3PL needs to bill their customer, but but in many cases, cases their dot-com customer also needs to charge their customer or the consumer for shipping, right? Um, in most cases. So we've been talking a lot today about sell-side pricing, mostly from the perspective of billing your customer without really discussing the fact that, you know, everything, all of those pricing programs, everything we talked about there is not only available in the billing phase of your relationship, but also upfront on the quoting end, right? So being able to, you know, you have your .com real real uh, retailer, sorry, who is, you know, maybe calling into your TMS through web services and they're getting real-time quotes back, right? So the quotes that they're getting back in real time, you know, from their website, um, it is reflecting these, these uh, flexible pricing strategies. But then there's that third party, there's the consumer and what should I charge my consumer for freight? Um, so we've actually built something into our system called third-party markup, which will then, you know, once we've determined, you know, based on your customer's billing rate, what, what you're going to bill them as their 3PL, if that customer is willing to give you the data, we can then apply a, a, a secondary markup to that billing rate to show them what they should then be billing their customer or the consumer for the freight. Um, so that's available both on the quote, you know, again, you could be coming in through a web service, hitting the system, getting real-time freights and seeing not only what you're going to pay, pay, but what you should bill the consumer, but that carries all the way through the billing process as well. So what, then when you're cutting a, an invoice to your customer as a 3PL, you're showing them both what you are billing them and corresponding what they should have billed their customer for that. So it kind of gives them visibility to their profit, if you will, on, a, on an invoice-by-invoice invoice basis or shipment-by-shipment shipment basis. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's become clear that particularly with uh, e-commerce and, and omni-channel retailing that the delivery and shipping has become, uh, you know, in many cases, a, a competitive weapon. Uh, but also in many cases, uh, you know, a lot of these companies are doing it at a loss, right? And, and being able to have that visibility or at least better data and information to you know, perhaps help them turn that from a cost center to actually a profit center, I think right. is uh, critically critically important. Um, you, you know, Dom, we're running uh, you know short on time here, so I'm just going to go to kind of my last question here. You know, as a way to wrap up, I mean, what question should LSPs ask themselves to you know, assess whether they have you know the right capabilities in place to you know leverage customer billing and pricing as a as a differentiator? Sure. Yeah. No. Uh, great. Uh, you know, I think there's really five, maybe six questions that they should ask. I think number one is, you know, am I limited by my technology? Do what, could I be doing more in creating value through billing and pricing um, for my customers if I wasn't limited by my technology? Um, you know, if I don't feel that I'm limited by, tech, my, by my technology, or even if I do, are the billing rates that I have flexible and robust enough to handle you know, a number of different scenarios, not only today for the customers that I have today, but as a growing business, what I may come into in the future, where is the market going? You know, I, what are what are other strategies that I might need to consider? Um, but if I have that flexibility already, or if I were to get it, what cost does that come at, right? Is it cumbersome to maintain? Do I have to have custom software that then needs to be supported and maintained internally? Do I need an army of people to either handle manual processes or supporting that custom solution? Um, you know, I think, am I able to separate my buy and my sell transactions? So you mentioned that, you know, if I wanted to consolidate freight, 
and I have all these different disparate customer needs, can I separate my buy and sell transactions to the extent that would allow me to co-optimize my customers and still bill each customer in the way that they expect to be billed based on my agreements with them? And then I think, you know, what additional value could I be creating for my company and for my customers if I, re if I were able to remove all of these obstacles that I face in billing my customers, whether it's, you know, being able to co-optimize my customer's freight or even just with, you know, normal billing practices, you know, without having flexibility or the ability to maintain them. Yeah, no, a lot, you know, great questions there. And, and, and I think it, it furthers underscore the, the fact that number one, if you're, if you're an LSP and you're still using kind of spreadsheets or macros and, and trying to, you know, do this kind of the, the, the old fashioned way, uh, you're really at a disadvantage compared to those that are obviously taking a more sophisticated approach. And, and even those, I mean, I mentioned before kind of TMS solutions originally being kind of catered uh, to shippers, which led a lot of, you know, LSPs to develop their own proprietary solutions. But I think today, you know, there is a cost associated with kind of developing and maintaining your own solution and, and kind of looking at whether that's a continues to be a smart investment of time and money and, and effort. Uh, to do that and whether you even have the capabilities you need compared to, you know, what's out there in the market. So, uh, so Don, I mean, I, I'll, I'll wrap up by saying what I always say at the end of all our episodes, which is, you know, we always just manage to scratch the surface on these topics, but uh, I think you provided some great food for thought and, and insight into how customer building and pricing can be used as a, you know, a competitive differentiator in many ways. Uh, so, so thank you for uh, making the time to be with us today. Thanks for having me, Adrian. I appreciate it. Great, and, and thank you for uh, those of you that joined us. If you are watching this episode on demand at the 3GTMS website or Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Dawn, uh, you can post it there, and I'm sure she'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you all for joining us, and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.